You know, uh, I came to a conclusion. Uh, me and Mr. Jermaine Cole have one thing in common. We both have a dollar and a wet dream. Some more often than others. Do you have more dollars or wet dream? Um, because I'm all about the cream because I'm always in the ghost. Right, Bieber? Uh, by the way, orange cream, ghost. That is the drink for today's pod, which is what's going to get me through this. Because uh, uh, I love you. You are my energy drink. Welcome to episode, the real episode 124 of the Off and Beat podcast. I'm your host, Clint. Hope you're enjoying the new angle. Get to see some of my blinds for the moon to shine through. I guess we'll do over and under bet. What will shine through first? The end of the video or, the, you know, the morning light, the morning dew. And speaking of uh, the good old honeydew, <laughs> Because, oh, uh, honey, it's due. Throw it back already. Uh, talk about Jimmy Carter, Mr. Peanut Planner. <laughs> uh, talk about planning evidence. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, it's been, a, it's been an eventful, it's been an eventful time in the world. Probably not for the right reasons. Um, you know, you know, look. Not to get off too sentimental, but opening with the dollar and a wet dream, which I guess by default has to be the title of the pod now. Um, you know, the idea of all you need is a dollar and a dream, which basically, obviously, you're going to need more than a dollar to pursue any dream. Um, I, you know, obviously, the sentiment is all you need is just enough money and a dream to make a lot of fucking money. Um, <laughs> but obviously, you know, it's a bigger sentiment that, hey, all you need is some money and a dream and life is basically complete. Obviously not literally like complete, complete, because obviously there's more personal relationships. There's uh, dynamics in your own personal life that matter too, you know, if you, you could, but uh, it, it's the most simplest of forms that I believe it, it's dumbed down, and honestly, it's dumbed down to the point where it actually is consumable and makes sense, because, you know, th- there's this thing where a lot of people are just really, part of their dream is they don't really care how they get there, they just want to be financially secure, and I think we need to stop the judge judgmental when people, quote unquote, aren't doing what you would deem to be a dream because there could also be a very dangerous slippery slope where you shoot a little too high you may shoot a little out of your depth and you spend nine years pursuing something that was unrealistic to begin with like everyone told you you're not funny everyone told you like hey like just being a good friend here i don't feel like this is your strong suit I appreciate the fact that you enjoy it, but enjoy it 
for what it is and not for this blind belief of what it can be. But there is this thing also where in order to get something that's unfathomable or get something that needs a little blind belief, you got to be a little insane. You got to be a little into your own world. You know, you sometimes, unfortunately, maybe you have to disattach. Um, but then we hear the stories of, you know what? I just said, fuck it one day. And I quit my job and I put everything into this and it went great for me. It's like, okay, like you don't think. And someone reads that, listens to that and consumes that. It's like, you know what? I'm going to do it too. Because you know what? That's what's holding me back. It's the nine hours a day I spend in my job. Not the other seven or eight hours I'm awake that I could that I could reasonably put towards in this and get decent sleep. It's the nine hours I spend at a job. Um, it's like, okay, you spend nine hours at a job. You still have approximately, let's say you go off a seven hour sleep schedule. You literally have eight more hours to do shit. Of working towards whatever. That's why when you hear these things like. I needed to quit my. Six hour a day job. To pursue this thing. Because it took all my time. It's like I guess I get it. But. All I'm going to ask is. Are you really spending. 15 hours of your day. Towards the one thing. And I, you know I guess. Uh, because I was listening to Mr. Beast recently. On Joe Rogan. And I love his story. And I feel like he's actually a great example of like, hey, you know what? I know what I didn't want to do. And I know what I did want to do. So I spent all my time doing what I did want to do. And if you study what you're doing, good things will typically come out. Even if it's not money particularly. Even if it's not great success in that field specifically. There's so many things you can learn from doing something. Um, the only thing I do worry about is when people listen to that. Is that there are going to be people that be like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna quit my job with three thousand, with three thousand dollars in my account, and I'm gonna pursue something like YouTube or something like that, and podcasting, where I'm just gonna spend seventeen hours a day into it. And the difference is, he actually did spend. Essentially, every waking moment, literally every morning when he woke up, he would be on a Skype call with like all these other YouTubers and stuff and YouTubers and other, this was like kind of not the infancy stages of YouTube, but like he, this was like, I believe 10, eight to 10 years ago when he fully started like going all in where actually, no, it wasn't even that long ago. It was probably actually like five or six. I don't know. But I mean, technically he started YouTube like 10, 12 years ago, but he just did simple, like weird 12 hour, 12 hours of me saying the word. I forgot what it was like saying the word alpaca for 12 hours straight or 12 hours straight of saying his own name or like he did all these extreme fatigue type of videos and they worked. They found success type of thing. But then obviously we know Mr. Beast for, you know, making these crazy event type of videos. And I don't actually even watch Mr. Beast videos. I was introduced about a year or so ago by my sister because obviously it gets pushed in her algorithm. She's younger. Uh, typically it's pushed towards like kids and teenagers and stuff because that's stuff like they're more into. But his videos are pretty cool. Like 
I've enjoyed the ones I've seen, but I don't go out seeking Mr. Beast videos. Which, by the way, I always found it weird. I was talking to someone like, it's funny how the biggest subscribers of YouTube, like PewDiePie and Mr. Beast, they have over 100 million subscribers, and yet none of them ever actually get pushed in my algorithm. I would think if someone is your number one number of subscribers, over 100 million, whether people like that shit or not, they should just be in my recommended just because they have 100 plus million subscribers and they get 70 million views or whatever the fuck. It's like, it's like obviously like the ones that for podcasts and then Spotify, though I'm not even going to mention names because you guys know them, but there's multiple ones. Like if they're paying them hundreds of millions of dollars, they're paying them 60, 200 million for some of these sports podcasts and networks. Like, yeah, you're going to promote the fuck out of it. And it's going to be right there on the front page when people just click on their homepage. Be like, have you watched the Bill Simmons podcast today? Well, you're going to right now. Um, but one thing that fascinated me by is it's a great story of persistence and success at a young age and all that good stuff. But the problem is, there's going to be someone that watches that, that has no business trying to pursue that. And they're going to do it. And they're going to follow the model. And they're going to go bankrupt. They're going to go poor. They're going to pursue something for eight years. That people are like, hey, man, like, honestly, your shit's just not that interesting. Honestly, um, it's just not you. It's just not for you. And then, of course, all that does is create the. Michael Jordan syndrome was like, oh, you said I couldn't do something? It's like, yeah, and you can't. It's like, sorry, Michael Jordan, I told you the age of eight that you can't dunk. It's like, oh, really? Well, I'm going to prove you wrong one day. It's like, yeah, you, you grew up the 6'5", 6'6", great athletic ability. Of course, you're going to be able to dunk. All right. Um, but it's going to create this thing where it seems like the more someone's told no, it automatically assumes that the person being told no is in the right when realistically... There's a reason why a lot of people are telling you no. And this whole, like, we've created this whole chip on the shoulder type of society, which I think actually applies to certain things and certain people. Like, Tom Brady is a great example of an actual chip on the shoulder where through high school, he didn't even really start until, like, junior, senior year of his high school team. And college, they were literally trying to play some dude who was, like, playing baseball on the side. They actually thought this dude named Drew Henson was better than Brady. And they kept, oh, well, he can move out of the pocket. It's like, yeah, but he can't really complete the passes. It's like, yeah, but he can move out of the pocket. It's like, all right. And uh, that's actually real. And then, like, he legitimately in college couldn't establish a starting job, even though everyone on the team basically knew he probably should have been the starter. And he goes to the NFL, draft a sixth round, and you guys know the story. I'm not here to repeat the Tom Brady story. That he's literally done like four documentaries of it himself, one where he's crying. And uh, it's literally been repeated ad nauseum. Like, we know the story. But that's an actual example of a chip on his shoulder where actually in pivotal parts, the higher you go, people say like, nah. It's like you can't sit here and say you were a number top five pick in the draft. And then, like, your second year in, when you start popping up, you're like, see, everyone doubted me. See, I knew it. You guys told me I wouldn't be shit. It's like, 
well, they drafted you in the top five. They obviously thought you were at least kind of good. Like, you can't be, like, a top 10 draft pick in any sport and be like, I was undervalued. It's like, well, no. Like, a lot of people thought you were good. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. Not everyone could be literally drafted number one. Someone has to be second. Someone has to be third. Someone has to be fourth. You can't win the Super Bowl every year. But, sorry, not trying to get sidetracked here. I guess Mr. Beast is really like the... No, that's not really a good example. But anyways, um, what's fascinating about... Is that there's going to be people that listen to the Mr. Beast on Joe Rogan podcast. And they... Younger, older, and they're going... They're literally going to be like, hey... I can be Mr. Beast. And you know what? Maybe you can. But... And there's this thing where it's always, if you do something extreme and quit extreme things abruptly and extremely to pursue something, there's that high, like, oh my God, this is going to work out. And it may work out, but it's probably not going to work out immediately unless there's been some evidence to be like, hey, this thing's on the up and up. Like, if you quit your job because you start a po- because you're going to start a podcast, it's like, okay, so let's say on the high end, you record two or three hour podcasts when no one's listening yet. Someone who's a podcast expert now. <laughs> you're going to quit your job, put out what, one or two episodes a week? Probably one. Um, but we'll say on the high end too, because most people are afraid to do more than two a week when they start out because they're afraid of... Oh, well, if I put out too early, they're not going to get views and listens. It's like, well, no one's probably going to view or listen to yours to begin with anyways. It's just kind of how the shit goes if you're a no-name. But when you... But quitting your job, when you're starting a new podcast that you haven't even gained an audience yet, you haven't even really done... You haven't even put out any episodes. You don't even know what it's going to be. You don't even know if it's going to be good or not. And you're going to quit your job, have no job, and be like, I'm going to dedicate 16, 17 hours a day to my podcast. It's like, okay, well, 16, 17 hours every day, but you're putting two episodes out a week and you're doing an hour, hour and a half episode, hour and an hour and a half length of episodes. Oh, well, I do a lot of outlining and planning. It's like, bro, it's a podcast. No one wants to listen to podcasts for overly outlined things, right? But near here nor there. This is personal preference. But it's like you, one, you're not like, I'm just going to tell you now, if you quit for anything, you're not going to spend, you're not just literally going to, I think there's this automatic assumption where if you quit, if you quit your job and you pursue some quote, quote, I call it a crazy, uh, I call it a virtuous endeavor where um, where you pursue something because there's a lot of people that say, oh, a lot of people say it's no, it's really hard to do this. Almost no one does. It's kind of like when people say people pursue comedy, when people pursue acting, when people pursue, um, you know, YouTube and it's like almost no one makes it right. That's the stuff. It's like, well, obviously that's not true. I think, honestly, there's a lot of fear that you don't make it, so you quit too early in something. But it's like, no, it's really like a lot of this shit is persistency and consistency. 
and just getting better by doing it, right? But you don't quit until you've actually gotten better at it to begin with, right? Like, it's crazy to me. Like, uh, like it would be one thing if you've done something for two years and it's been getting good. You've been getting viewers, listeners, viewership, sponsors, and you're making money doing that. And you really want to dedicate full-time to increase production, maybe hire a producer, maybe expand to expand the channel, expand to do this and create content or whatever. And you can afford. But the problem is people want to quit shit before they can actually afford the endeavor they're trying to do. And if you're going to do something, and I'm just going to say podcasting because this is something I'm very well knowledge in as someone who's... Well, obviously, when I say I'm gaining an audience, I don't literally mean like I'm gaining, you know, 10,000 listeners an episode, but there's been steady growth. So obviously, I know a little something by being consistent and persistent in that I, when I went through a period of time where I was three months unemployed, that had really nothing to do with the podcast. It just happened to be like right in the middle when I was doing it. You know what I didn't really do? I didn't start doing six episodes a week, even though I did do that for a period of time. But I did that actually when I had a job. Is that people think if you quit your job, you're going to just replace all those hours and put it into this one thing. And that's just not going to happen because one, there's no point of really doing six. There's no point of putting, well, you can do 16 hours of a podcast a week. Like, no one, even the greatest pod, even the biggest podcast in the world, no one's listening to 16 hours a fucking week from no one. So, all right, that kind of shuts that door. Okay. So, you're going to spend, let's just say, on the high end, five to six hours a week doing whatever. And I think what you run into is we automatically think that our job just the job you have at the time is what's interfering with you actually uh, being able to pursue something. When in reality, that job, the money you get from that job is probably the reason why you could even afford to pursue that thing. Why you can have peace of mind to pursue that shit. Um, obviously I'm speaking for the typical person that actually has to provide for themselves and shit. I don't know. There's some people that come from money or they live with parents that are supportive even if they're like 30 shit you know whatever not judging but there's i'm talking about the typical person that's balancing figuring out what they want to do finding a way to fund their passions but also still have to fund loans and still have to fund paying shit in the current light yeah the moonlight's out so um under 20 minutes is over under and I guess this is more of a serious pod. It's kind of turned into. It's kind of the Mr. Beast thing. Um, it's it's kind of like a motivating thing. It's a combination of motivation, but you also got to understand like he was in a position at a very young age where he could make that. And if it didn't work out, he could at least be fine in the sense of he was young enough. He could have done something else after three or four years. If it wasn't working out, he wasn't making a shitload of money. But, um, you know, his situation was more like he, he didn't want to do school. He was only in school because mom forced him type of shit and all that. But 
the dollar, I guess a dollar in a dream, the idea dollar in a wet dream, because sometimes you think that you can literally just sleep on it and it will come alive. Like, I'll say this much, like, from a personal standpoint, when I was, when I didn't have a job for two and a half or three months, and that I was, I started writing, uh, I started writing my, it wasn't the first script, but it's the first one I actually outlined and finished top beginning to end it took me four months to do that finished recently fun fact um <laughs> starting the second one now you're welcome uh i think one thing that i learned from it is i thought okay oh now that i don't have a job i have all the time in the world. it's like then you realize like oh it's you're not gonna sit there and write for 15 hours a day even if you have 15 hours to technically do shit because doing 15 hours of anything, doing one thing for 16 hours straight is never good for you. Even if it is good for you. Apples are good for you. You're not going to sit there and eat an apple for 16 straight hours or a lot of apples and say, how about them apples? It's like, um, even apples will make you gain weight. And that's a lot of juice. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Uh, apple crisp pie. Um... But, you know, I think the number one assumption is when people is, I, I shouldn't say people like you people, but I'm superior because I'm, I'm a nobody in all facets. But I, I would say like, we, we the people, um, stomp on this, <laughs> these nuts. Okay, Clint. Uh, I, I already tell you guys, this is not going to be a, the most funniest podcast, but I do think there's a lot of value. Don't. All I'm going to say, and all I'll say on that is, I, I do think there's a saying where extreme endeavor pursuing is popular, and it can be, and I've even questioned this about myself, but I have a job that I'm just now starting to get paid well. I, I think I've, I have a good management of my job, my podcast, my writing, my screenwriting and stuff that I've found, I've found a formula that works. Uh, at least something that I feel like is where I'm on top of everything. It's not easy at times. Like, I'm recording this podcast at 6 in the fucking morning. And I'll be going to bed in like an hour after I record it. And it's like, you know, you, I'm pretty tired. I just worked a shift. Like, you find ways to make it happen. It's not always ideal. But you find ways because... If you truly give a shit about your passion or your other pursuits that you plan on being your main source of income one day, like you will prove to yourself that you will make time for it. You don't need to go in debt or need to go broke to do it. I think a lot of that shit's absurd. I think I think honestly when when you hear the stories of people going broke because they pursued something, it's not because they quit their job. And they were making no money in that thing. And because they quit their job, they were able to put 100% of it into that. It, it's because the balancing of it all. And they went broke because just shit in life happened. But I think people interpret when you hear a comedian or you hear someone be like, yeah, you know, I had 18 bucks in my account because, you know, I, you know, I was working at Ron's John surf job, surf shop. And, you know, uh, you know, the next thing you know, I was going to get fired next week. 
because I was only hired for seasonal. Next thing you know, I got Aquaman. It's like, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't think that's how that shit goes, but okay. Um, and by the way, that's not his actual story. I'm just saying a random scenario. But don't don't. All I'm saying is, don't be the person to quit their job to pursue one of these flaky pursuits like YouTube, like podcasting and shit. If you can't do po- I'll just say this as someone that does it. If you can't find time to do podcasts in a normal week, if you do one, even if it's like one or two episodes a week, if you can't find time consistently to do that in a week with a job, you have time management issues. Unless you have kids and real life shit. But if you're someone who doesn't have like any real, real responsibilities and you have enough freedom where the reason why you don't do stuff you enjoy is because you just kind of don't care enough to do it. Or you're clinically depressed. And even if you are, do it anyways. Um, but <laughs> there is this thing where if you can't, to me, if you can't prove to yourself to make time for something with a job or whatever. If you can't make time to do some some passion of yours, whether even if it's something as writing, reading doing a podcast, doing YouTube and shit, if you can't really make time to make that happen with a job where you're working 40, 50 hours a week or school, college, then I'm just going to tell you, you don't really want to do it. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't want it. There's always this thing that my job's holding me back. My friends group, it's like, you know what, man? Or, Or lady. It just does not matter to you as much as you say you do. And maybe this comes from me as someone that this shit matters so much to the to him. It matters so much to me. I can't I can't be without you, baby. Um <laughs> by the way, in time, the halftime show has kinda grown on me. Um not that I ever thought it was bad. I just kinda thought like eh, it's a little underwhelming in some aspects, but you know, I thought it was actually, you know, I think it's aged really well. Um, but yeah, look, it's to me, anytime, because I know when someone sees the Mr. Beast, when someone sees the Elon, or when someone sees the Jeff Bezos, the Zuckerberg story, it's like all these crazy entrepreneur stories where I was homeless, the Ty Lopez, I was living in a trailer park with 40 bucks, and all of a sudden I just started reading about how to better improve yourself, and then now I'm doing fucking a bunch of YouTube ads, just abusing the fuck out of the system. Look at my Lambo with a shelf of books. It's like, all right, first of all, if you believe the Ty Lopez story, you deserve whatever bullshit you're going to get from overspending for his bullshit products. Um, But I do think that, shit, what was I saying? Sorry, for new for new listeners, this happens a lot. I'll lose my train of thought, then I get it back, and we're back. We're back. Um, never left, right, Dad? Uh, <laughs> but uh, and look, I'm not a flaw. I'm not so. I'm not a preacher. Um, but I do uh, I do reach for her, and reach for strong conclusions that aren't really there to be had. 
But, oh, yeah, what I was saying is you see the crazy success stories from entrepreneurship and musicians and shit where, and that's not, those situations aren't what you want to replicate. You want to replicate the ending, but you don't want to replicate the back to the wall, I did this. It's like, you want to know the common thing between all the quote-unquote dropouts that you quote-unquote always want to reference? You want to know what the common theme between all these wildly successful financial people that say, I did this, I dropped out, I quit this job and immediately... It's like, dude, they were already making six figures, seven figures doing that shit. When Zuckerberg dropped out of Harvard, watch the fucking movie, if you don't believe me, or just look it up. When he dropped out of Harvard, Facebook... Was already taken the fuck off. Was already took the fuck off. Jeff Bezos was already like basically like, hey, I got a website, I got an office. Yeah, you know what? And by the way, he so voluntarily like he snuck in the classes in like a Seattle college, small college to still like learn knowledge type of shit. Steve Jobs, like, oh, I think he kind of he graduated, but. Like, the dude was already obsessed with technology or being really, like, even though he technically wasn't really the inventor. Um, and actually, like, well, he wasn't really, like, in the... But he definitely, you know, pro-colonized. He basically colonized his own product um, and was the marketing and genius behind all the shit. But all these people, they technically didn't graduate. Could They technically didn't do this. Like, yeah, but you know what? They were already getting a lot of fucking money. They already had... Their business was already fledged. Their business was already a thing enough where there was actual stocks in it. Not your bullshit. Instagram, I'm a CEO. What's the name? What are you CEO of? Whoa, whoa, hey. You don't question me. I'm a CEO. It's like... But if you're a CEO, I kind of need to know what you're a CEO of. So I know before I buy your $800... A month tutorial book of how to be a CEO. Can you just tell me what you're a CEO of? It'll do half the sales for you. If you say you're a CEO of Whole Foods, guess what? Probably positive. But if you say you're a CEO of Sweet Tomatoes, ugh. or uh, which by the way, found out Joe's Crab Shack apparently uh, is going out of business all around. Closest destination. Is Tennessee. Do you know that people actually, like, in the South, people drive to uh, Tennessee for, like, White Castle? I didn't know that. You know, but those are, by the way, side tangent here. Those, like, crazy things you used to do when you are younger with the family, which I get it. You drive to, like, there, there was this place we used to go to. It was, uh, you know, the A&W Root Beer. Well, they actually had, like, a fast food little restaurant thing. I don't know if they still exist, but we go for root beer, but they actually are pretty good food. And we drove like hour and a half just to eat at A&W. Now, granted, I think we also went to like a mall nearby. Like it wasn't just there. We literally drove an hour and a half to get food. So it was just some burgers and root beer. Because it's about the experience, about the weekend. But hey, cool shit. Uh, but yeah. Um, but look, honestly, when it comes to these side passions, if you, 
if you can't manage the other thing, whether that's work or school and this, and you need to make money to live, hey man, if you if you can live in a place where you don't have to pay for shit, by all means do it. I'm not here to tell you you have, you need to work because that's your American duty. I'm just saying like real I'm just saying like realistically, like if you're gonna be living like you're probably gonna need money, which means you're probably gonna have a job, probably gonna have to work enough hours at a job, probably gonna have to, you know, make enough money per hour at a job or salary if you make it to that point. But for the time being, like to me, especially something like podcasting YouTube, like and I won't even I'm not a YouTuber, I just post shit on YouTube. I've podcast episodes but especially for podcasts if you cannot if you aren't making money from podcasts yet and you quit your job to do a saturated field as is and think you're gonna be and you may be the one that may and you're not making a single dollar off it and there's no reason for you to believe the things on the up and up um you're a fucking idiot. And don't think you're going to be the Mr. Beast. Don't think you're going to be these high price entrepreneurs that have done it. I know you say, you got to, you know what? See, you're the one that doesn't get it because you would never be one. It's like, actually, I was. I was unemployed for three months. And uh, there's only so much podcasting you could do that makes it not be shit. There's only so much of anything you can do when it involves to this shit. There is. There's a cap. Alright? Like podcasts, the beauty of podcasting is that you can make so much money in it and not really technically really do a whole lot of hours of it. Like when you really think about how crazy it is that we used to listen to radio and just accept the horse shit of Elvis Duran and Kid Craddock and Sam Roberts and these dudes that literally talk about and I know this podcast is talking about nothing but I guarantee you whether you like this show or not I at least talk about shit for periods of time that actually you know I feel like has substance even if I'm fucking around they don't even like fuck around their show it's like basically in between Duncan highlights I don't know if you guys ever been to a Duncan, but Duncan radios are like uh, trivia. Like, uh, it'll be like, what? Uh, uh, do you like the matcha latte? And then the girl's like, I don't know. It seems shaky. He's like, well, it's a good thing we have the shamrock shake for you. And oh, by the way, what was uh, what was Robert Downey Jr.'s first film? And they'll be like, and or no, it'll be like, what was Rob Lowe's big break? And then she'll be like, I don't know. Mm, was it? Was it? And they'll insert a movie. And he's like, I'll give you a hint. It's one with a pony. She's like, oh, oh, my little pony. And then he's like, no, that. It's like, no, the outside. It's like, and she's like, oh, man. And then next thing you know, it's dirty window. Nah. It's like, that's basically what radio was. It would be like a couple minute segments in the afternoon to transition to a fucking song. 
that's playing for the eight time that day. And morning radio, they would have slightly longer segments. But it would just be about someone talking about their dog at home. It would be someone talking about their kids. Oh, my kids got in the drawer again last night. It's like, oh, Jesus. Or they may talk about something in the news about Kim Kardashian, which I have on this show too. But you didn't. the difference is you didn't have a choice but to listen. And it's crazy how this thing has grown. And Howard Stern... I've actually never listened to a single Howard Stern episode. I have listened to interviews, clips, and segments. It's kind of weird that he's virtuous now when you listen to his old shit. And it's like, bro, what the fuck? Um, But he is notorious and on the record for saying how dumb podcasting is. And now he literally does like one and a half episodes a week from his Florida underground mansion. And... Basically just does a podcast to his convenience. He's not required to do four hours episodes a day. Like four four hours of shit a day. Because you imagine 20 hours of just every day. You have to talk about shit even when there's nothing to fucking talk about. You know how scary that is. Wait, so what the fuck is that? Sorry guys, I gotta take care of this. I'll be back in the city. Is that a fucking... Don't tell me that's what I think. Sorry, guys. Hey, hey, hey. Jesus Christ. Uh, I saw some on my bed, but false alarm. Just my pubes. Um, <laughs> Peter Le Pube. Um, nah, man, the Mr. Beast episode, I, I really enjoyed it. And I don't really even listen, to, I don't really watch Mr. Beast videos or nothing like that. But yeah. I don't know. Just uh, don't look, man. Just don't quit your job. If you're not in a position to afford to quit your job. Um, Because I don't want you making a video. Because here's also the thing. I'm going to sound like a douchebag. I don't care. I am tired. And I've had a couple of my recommended. No, maybe it's in your algorithm because you're a depressed fuck. It's like, actually, I think this shit gets pushed in your algorithm to make you more depressed. But it's cool. Um, It's kind of balance out your happiness and your algorithms. Like, you know what? You seem like you need to balance out your... You know, it's actually actually unhealthy to be happy all the time. It's like, really? I don't know. I met a lot of really happy people. They they seem to actually, um, I don't know, be fucking happy. It's like, okay. It's like, just give me Skip and Shannon. Just give me podcast recommendations. Just give me Mark Norman. And I am fucking good. Give me some commentary shit that I enjoy. Give me some Abba preach. And I'm fucking good. Alright? But, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm so fucking, I'm getting tired of People, and I think people know this when they make these videos. And honestly, I think half of these people are as the kids say, capping. 
<laughs> I, I think honestly most of these people and the people I'm talking about are the people that say I'm insert age. It's always someone in between the ages of 23 and 28. Because like 23 is like kind of old enough where you've been where you probably have had some shit. And 28 is like at the age where like if you're bitching about shit, if you're like I'm 34 years old, that just kind of like looks weird. Because it's like, alright, maybe YouTube shouldn't be where you're airing your shit if you haven't been making money off this shit. Maybe that's why you're 34 and unhappy and probably making a video talking about I'm 34 and single and lonely and feel like no one wants me. It's not exactly a attractive magnet to the ladies or the men. Um, just a thought. Putting yourself out there, and I know we're in this uh, society we're just being vulnerable and open and i think that's great but i think also the problem is i don't always want you to be vulnerable and open when i didn't ask and i know that's not really what vulnerable and open is but i don't think everything is meant for you to literally be vulnerable and open about everything and then the classification and justification is literally to be like but you know what someone out there may want to hear like do you know how ego driven you have to be you know how full of yourself you have to be which may contribute to why you're unhappy um that you believe that someone that no one asked for in your justification for making a video instead of just being like i wanted to put it out there because i want people to see it is you know what because it's a bigger than me i know someone else it's like yeah literally there's always someone going through the same thing as someone literally no matter what it is all right and that's cool that you could reach people with stuff, and that's cool. But, like, I, I don't care. Like, I saw, I remember I clicked on one. It was a few months back, right? And it said, I'm, it, I think it was, like, I'm 25, and I think I will never be, it's like, I'm 25, and I never think I'm going to find the one, like, quote unquote the one I guess like basically saying I'm not gonna find the one special person I'm gonna marry and all that shit and it's like I mean yeah because I'll be honest like if I'm and it was a guy so obviously not gonna apply to me but if, if I was a lady and I see a guy in 25 and I'm never gonna find the one and it's a guy for 22 minutes kind of secretly coding the fact that it's society's problem for why he not getting any but then you look at him and i'm like i think it actually makes a lot of sense why you're not getting any because you're so focused on finding the one instead of just being the one people kind of want to be around and if people want to be around you someone by default will be like hey want to be the one <laughs> ob1 and you could be like kenobi bitch um <laughs> but no it was basically 20 plus minutes of a guy trying to blame kind of society but he's doing it in such a sympathetic into himself way that like and he tried to balance it out I was like you know maybe i'm just not this you know maybe i'm not good you know maybe i'm just an old soul and maybe maybe i need to adjust my expectation maybe it's unfair it's like dude then make up your fucking mind like what is it and it's like, dude, you're 25. It's like, it'll be all right. 
And I know it's easy to say that in the moment. I know I'm 26, so I have a lot of wisdom. Um, much more than a 25-year-old. Um, but look, it, it's it's just like, all right, man, like, I, I feel what you're saying, and I get that, you know, you're starting to think about it. It's okay. Like, I understand that you get to age, and like, you know what? I really need to start thinking about, like, do I really want to be married? How many kids do I want? Do I want kids? What age do I want to start before, you know, physically, fertility-wise, you start thinking... I don't want to be someone that has kids at 47, but I don't want to have them too young when I'm not ready. So you kind of want a sweet spot because you want you want them when they graduate to be a certain age where you can still kind of do shit. And when they do graduate, move on in life, you could still like, you know, you can still at least kind of live a life. Be like, yeah, I did my part. Now back to being a whore. Um, it's like, look, I, I just... uh. And I'm all about this open vulnerability. I'm very open on this podcast, but I don't think I'm actually really that open. I just kind of use certain mechanisms to, you know, glide them into you guys. But I think you could be open without it just being obnoxious. And I know people will also say, based off what I just said, is that, well, you know, I find it annoying and obnoxious that you're hating on someone that feels bad about themselves it's like well think about the process it takes to make a video and post it online like you really made a 22 minute video of yourself talking about yourself for 22 minutes talking about why you're unhappy or at least why you believe you're unhappy and really, you really listen to what they're saying, and you're like, it's like, not only does it sound like a you problem, it literally sounds, it literally, this video right here literally explains why you, like, why the opposite sex guy or girl is not attracted to you. Like, I'll tell you, like, when I'm searching for my lovely partner and lady. I'll tell you what I'm not looking for. I'm not hoping. The thing that's not going to make me like. You know the moment that I wanted to marry. When I'm at the altar. And I'm reading my vows. That I wrote in like nine minutes. Before the wedding. It's like you know the day. You know what was the moment I knew. You were the one. When I saw your. I'm 24. And miserable video. And when I saw that, I just knew this woman needs me. And we serve each other. We serve God and we serve each other. And it is my duty to make you a little less miserable. Because you're still going to be miserable. But I can make it a little less miserable. Um... I don't think any, I don't think that's one of those, it was that moment I knew. It would probably do the opposite. It would probably make me be like, eh, I don't know if I really want to. It's like, I feel like typically people like that, they're always going to find reasons to be unhappy in general. You could give them everything they want. You could 
be a part of their life in any way. And they, like anyone, like you can always find the faults. It's what I do in this podcast. I find what's wrong with everything. And sometimes when I re-listen to shit, I still post it because, you know, whatever. But when I rant about certain shit and I re-listen, I kind of like, I kind of do a brief evaluation myself. Like, wow, this is kind of like, oh, are you all right? Like, is there something deeper about that specific situation? Is there something deeper to you that you were bitching for 14 minutes about a guy at Culver's just making sure he gets his girl's order right? Even though the you don't you don't condone the process of how he got to this position of not knowing your girl's order before you get in line. At the end of the day, he is just trying to make it right and not get home and have his lady be mad. But to you, you make your assumptions on the guy. You make assumptions of how he's probably whipped. You make assumptions of how this guy, it's like Jesus, like have a little, you know, stick up for yourself. Like Jesus, just get her the fucking double, your double burger with cheese and bacon and shit. Put mayo on there, bring it home, and if she doesn't want to eat it, tell her tough noodles. And then she leaves your ass <laughs> um, for the guy Culver's who uh, made it very well. Uh, but yeah, got a beef on the double with cheese. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but you know, look, I'll, I'll be honest, like, I, I revalue my shit, and I'm like, uh, some things. Something I remember, I, I I re-listened to like a random. I'm not gonna say which one because you know, I don't want you guys to go deep in the archives on me and create a compilation of dumbass shit I've said. And I actually haven't said anything really too bad on this show, honestly. But just some things that like make you cringe, make me cringe. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? What was I thinking doing that style of show where I really just thought like if I did this. People don't think I'm so fucking clever. Ooh, look at Clint doing all these puns in a row. And you know what? Not that anyone complained about it, but when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is not even like halfway enjoyable. It's when you mix the puns in in sequence and here and there in doses, people can handle it. Anything excessiveness turns people off. It's just what it is. Um, But look, uh, it just, it one, it kind of just lacks awareness. The I'm 25 and I'll never be happy type of videos. And they start, this video they weren't crying, but I've seen the ones where they start crying a little bit. They start whimpering. And it's just like, it, it's honestly, it just gets really uncomfortable. And I, gosh, I'm, I, I don't even like the way I'm sounding because I know I'm sounding insensitive to people. And that's not really what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying, like, if you truly feel this way, I don't think your number one resort should be, let me go on YouTube, have, try to get 800,000 people to see how unhappy I am. I don't think you should be ashamed when you're unhappy, but I don't think I would want 800,000 people to know it either. It's one of those things, like, a few people know, or people in your life, but you try to keep it as small as possible, and then when you're happy... Let 800,000 people see you're happy. 
Like, cause you don't want to get the reputation of the unhappy person. You don't want to get the reputation of, um, you don't want to get the stick. You won't. You don't want to get the. You don't want to get certain things stuck to you as a person. It's like when people go online, and always complain about how they were cheated on by whoever or by their wife or ex girlfriend, ex boyfriend, and shit. It's like, do you really want to be that person that? Every the, the thing when people think of you is you oh they got cheated on by X Y and Z they got they're the ones that always make cheating memes and cheating this and cheating this it's like do you really want to be that person because then what does that do it creates an aura about you know what people are gonna start wondering why do people cheat well how come every other person you're with they cheat on you what is it about you. Do you really suck that bad in bed? Do you really, are you really that unenjoyable to be around that someone would rather just go around on you instead of just breaking up with you, you know, the day after they fuck someone and say, you know, I just been thinking for a long time. It's like, uh, yeah, when his dick was in your mouth, I'm sure you were thinking of a lot of the things. It wasn't for the unconditional love of the boy or the girl. But there's a, what's fascinating to me is, um, that's why you got to be very, like one thing, I'm not a big perception. Like, I don't care how people perceive me like that because I don't think perception doesn't really matter at the grandest schemes, but obviously does. Because for example, like Carson Wentz being traded to commit, there's this heavy perception that he's not a good leader, that he's not this in the locker room. He's not a guy that other that other that his teammates like all like love. They don't necessarily hate him, but there's something about him where he doesn't equip the greatest leadership skills. And for the longest time, I always thought like that's just like all right, but he's good. So how much does that other shit matter? It's great because there's guys with great leadership skills. And you know, they're not really, they're they're not really uh, dropping forty on a regular basis. And but when you get traded two years in a row as a starting quarterback that on the field has shown you're good, at the very least, regardless of what the perception of him is, he's good. When you get traded back to back years, like there's some there's something there. There's a perception attached to him. And there's this perception attached that he's this turnover machine, yet he only had seven interceptions last year. And that was like one of the single anytime you're single digits and you start every game, that's really fucking good. But there's this perception that he's not a great teammate. He's not coachable. He's not great necessarily in the locker room type of shit. There's something there with him. There's this perception that now there's the perception is starting to oversee the perceived talent with him. And when you put stuff out there and when stuff is consistently shown with you. And when people think of you, what are they going to think? The thing that you want people to perceive you as, even if you didn't necessarily, that wasn't the original intent. 
Like if you constantly make like if you constantly make posts about loyalty. Okay. To me, if you have this obsession with quote unquote loyalty in the most generic sense, right? I'm just gonna keep it generic. Um if you're always talking about loyalty and how people should just be unconditionally loyal to you, because one, you probably think you're unconditionally loyal, but realistically, we all have conditions to our loyalty. Um, and I, I've said this before on the podcast, but look, you're going to repeat shit on podcasts. Some might become more comfortable with people don't listen to every episode. You There's only so much shit you have to say. So you know what? I listen to podcasts. Sometimes they repeat their opinions on stuff, and that's okay. Um, unconditional loyalty to me. It's really, there's no such thing because even the most unhealthy form of loyalty is unconditional because you're not really, there's no respect barriers to your loyalty. Like, I don't think loyalty should be fought to heaven and hell for, but there's some like actions do show your sense of loyalty to things. It's like you, you this unconditional loyalty is just this unhealthy thing to justify a lot of bullshit and then just say, well, I stuck with them. And that's just what you do in this loyalty. It's like, yeah, I felt like there's a, a line in the sand with that. Um, I was loyal to you even when you cheated on me eight times in two months when I was carrying your child. It's like, I was loyal to you. It's like, maybe you should stop being loyal after he show like yeah fuck that shit um there's conditions of loyalty and there honestly should now don't take that too extreme because there should be a sense that even when people aren't at their best versions of themselves for a period of time there is a loyalty aspect like hey i understand like this isn't who you really are all the time i feel like you've shown me enough I'm going to give you the benefit of doubt for now. So my loyalty is literally based off what you have consistently shown me for years and years. And I understand this two-month thing. You're kind of irritable. You're kind of unhappy for all these different things in your life. I'm going to show you loyalty and be there for you. And then there's the El Chapo wife shit where it's... Hey, you know, just go to prison for me for 50 years. Because that's what loyalty is. Because this is ride or die, baby. But, um, yeah. There's conditions of loyalty. And a loyalty to yourself. You know, it's this dumbass saying I've been hearing. Well, it's not dumbass, I actually get But it's this thing... I've been overhearing it lately. Anytime I hear something too much from a bunch of different people that just copied one original person that said it, it starts getting abused, the term or the phrase, loyal to the soil. Um, but there, there is some realness to that. Like, you know, be loyal to what matters. Um, be loyal to what actually pays peace of mind. If doing your hobbies, doing things you enjoy pays peace of mind, then be loyal to it. There is a reward. I don't care what people say, man. There's a reward system to everything. If you want your partner, you want your friend, whoever it is in your life, in any capacity, 
there's a reward system to make people continue doing things you want them to do. Don't bitch about the the other. Don't bitch about your partner always treating you like shit, and you guys arguing all the time, and then you continue fucking them after every time you argue as a reward. Because guess what I'm gonna do if every time we argue, if we fuck after. I'm picking on your socks. I'm I'm shitting on your cooking. I'm telling you that you make me feel you make me want to leave the one I'm with and start a new relationship. And let's bring her in. Um I'm 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 just going to tell you how much everything I hate about you every day. If it means you're going to reward me with that thing. I know how shitty that sounds. And I'm not one to abuse that, but you know, if I know if I pull this, I'm going to get this, and that's rewards, you goddamn right I'm going to pull it. Yeah, I ain't going to pull, I'm going to pull the fire alarm on that and say, woo. I don't think that's absurd. I know that's morally probably not the right thing. I think we all do it. And I hope one thing I hope all of you don't do is all of you please don't do podcasting. I'm trying to keep the competition as small as possible. It's already way too big for your boy to handle. Uh please do not pursue YouTubing. Do not pursue these passions. And quit your job in the process. Do these things. See one if you even enjoy the process. See if you even enjoy. Is this something that you could do. Every day on a regular basis. Type of thing. Because there's a lot of things you think you enjoy. There's the, I, the thing why I got into podcasting. Why I enjoyed about podcasting the start. The genesis of my love for it is still the same. But the reasons I enjoy it are a whole lot different. And I'm not going to necessarily get into specifics those things i'm kind of going to keep to myself which i'll probably reveal one day probably next episode but uh but i do think don't ask yourself the why and everything if you enjoy doing something you don't have to explain it you don't have to overthink it you just do um but if you're going to do something be okay with the fact if you never make any money from it Because that's a real possibility with any of these things you do. Like some of it, a good portion, some of it is in your control of how big and successful it gets. But a lot of it, not really. You're literally relying on the fact that hundreds of thousands, millions of people will grow to like your shit. And sometimes there's just a lot of people that may not like you. And that's some... Yeah, we want to be okay with. Because in this world, you aren't born on this earth with a dollar or a wet dream. But you grow, no pun intended, but you grow on this earth and you go through life. And through experiences and hard work, you can have a lot of dollars. And you can have a lot of real wet dreams. A dollar and a wet dream. More like the American dream. 
And that is episode, the real episode 124 of the Off and Beat Podcast. God damn, I forgot to say this at the beginning. Don't forget to like the pod, comment, subscribe, follow the pod on all apps. And most importantly, guys, suck some titties. And I did not know what I was going to talk about this pod, but I got a press record during some creme de la creme and powered through. All right, guys, have a great day whenever this pod comes out. Do, 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 do. Oh, baby. Oh, baby.